Right, so good morning. I'm Pastor Marshall, and um, I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Thanks for being with us this morning at Reignite Church. Reignite Church has a simple philosophy. Our philosophy is love is the way we serve. Love is the way we serve. In everything we do, we try to do it with love. We try to talk in love. We try to serve in love. Love is the way we serve. Can y'all hear me in the back? Okay, okay. I just want to make sure y'all get that love thing. So I'm excited to share. Are y'all excited to listen? I'm excited to share from our series. We're in week three, or part three of our series called Redefined, and we're asking God to define some, th- some things in our lives. So um, if, you can't, if you can't make it to all the services, if you can't um, be here, we'll ask you to go online, and you can listen. You download the church app, Reignite Church in the App Store, and you can get all the services downloaded online, or you can go on our Facebook page or website, however you want to do it, the services on the church app. They're out there for you electronically. Um, But for now, I'm ready to get into this word. A couple of weeks ago, my my, uh, cousin shared a post with me about Kanye West. Two weeks ago, apparently Kanye West got permission to go to a pop-up, to do his pop-up service in a church in in Atlanta. And there at the pop-up service, um, there was some preaching and teaching and all that stuff. And then he came through at the end. And the pastor said um, that the the people were lined up. And this is a mega church, but the people were lined up, out out of the norm, lined up down the building and around the corner because Kanye was coming to do his pop-up service. And so the the pop-up service, Kanye delivered the worship, and he gave his testimony his testimony of what Christ means to him. Now, now the problem with that was people had some stuff to say about that. People had some stuff to say about that. Um, and, and, and they, and, and they uh, questioned whether or not if this was the same guy and, and whether or not this was real, that, that, that he would confess Jesus Christ and then he would go around having these pop-up worship services. Um, and so uh, been, there, there's been a, a debate over social media and among some other people. One of my pastor friends had said something about it last week, and I thought that was interesting that it was on his heart, too. Um, and so I thought, you know, um, there's some debate about you. Mm-hmm. And there's some debate about me. Amen. Uh, people want to know, are you the real deal? And am I the real deal? Yeah, yeah. They, they want to know, Don, are you righteous or are you wrong? Yes. Are, are, are you nice, Shannon, or are you nasty? There, there's some debate going on right now about you and about me. So this morning, this morning, I thought I, in our series, I thought I infused this, this teaching that God has placed on my heart, and I want to share an ancient example about the duality that we all have. Sometimes we want to do good, am I right? And sometimes we want to do bad. Sometimes we want to do right, and sometimes we want to do wrong. And y'all are looking at me with that tone of voice like y'all are not in the same category. So we're in Romans this morning, and we're going to look at this ancient example in Romans chapter 7, 
verse 21, where Paul addresses the battle that we all fight. Verse 21, Paul says this, the Apostle Paul says this, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. A principle is a fundamental, a fundamental truth. It's a fundamental truth. And Paul said he excavated this, this truth about himself and, and this truth about life in general. He says in verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart. That's not the problem, church. That's not the problem. And, and, and I find that that's, that's really not the problem with me or with you. That, that it's not that we don't love God. It's just sometimes we have this thing going on. Sometimes we have this thing that we don't always do what is right. Verse 23 says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Everybody say mind. mind. This power makes me a slave to sin. That is still within me. See, Paul, let me give you some context so you can appreciate the content. Paul had been saved for about 20 years right now when he's writing this. This is this is not in the beginning of his ministry. He's been saved for a while. He's been learning. He's been studying for a while. And now he's saying this. Let's Jay walk to the 25th verse. He said that sin is still within me. Verse 25 says, thank God. Everybody say, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. (laughs) So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. And he said he loved it. But because of my sinful nature, y'all see it? I am a slave to sin. Church family, we never outgrow this sinful nature but we can be graced for it. So with that being said, we all stand in need of the understanding to be defined by grace. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, being defined by grace. In this text, Paul isn't confessing that he practices sin continually. He's not confessing that. He doesn't sin every day. What Paul is saying Um, is that the threat of practicing sin every day is there. You know what? You practice, you perfect. So Paul isn't saying, you know, every day I'm sinning and I'm doing this and I'm sinning, I'm sinning, I'm sinning intentionally. He's not saying that. But he's saying that the threat of it is is always present. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, okay, because y'all looking at me tough this morning. So Paul, Paul says that there's a threat to practice sin, and it constantly comes up in my mind. When someone makes you mad, you want to slap them. When, when, when you feel like I should be in church, I'll stay in the bed, you know, I'll go wash my car, I'll go do this or whatever. I'll get in your business for a minute. There's always a threat to do something other than what God is leading you to do. And if it's not God leading you to do it, it's called sin, possibly. So Paul uncovers a fundamental truth about us all, and he's dry snitching on us all. Yeah, 
Paul said, I discovered a, a principle of life, and he's dry snitching on us all. Pastor, what is dry snitching? Dry snitching is a term, it's a slang term that, that we use. Dry, stitch, dry snitching in the, in the urban dictionary is, is defined as indirectly telling or pointing authorities toward an individual, or, an, or in our case, a group of individuals. So Paul has discovered this truth, and, he, and Paul is dry snitching on the church. Paul, the author of our text, is having a Takashi 69 moment by telling on himself. He's indirectly telling God, who's the ultimate authority, that there's a fundamental struggle that we all have within us. He says that every Christian that is trying to do good really wants to do wrong. Mm. 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 Could I knock on your door this morning? Up under all that mascara, girl, you still don't have it together. Up, <laughs> you hear me? I said, up under all that mascara, you still don't have it together. Underneath all them clothes, you still struggle, and I still struggle. Despite how long you've been knowing God. And there's a quote that says, People who need help sometimes look a lot like people who don't. Let that settle. People who need help sometimes look a lot like people who don't. So we need grace for that. Grace is not some little prayer that we say over our soy latte. Grace gives us the coat to cope. I'll say that again. Grace gives us the coat to cope because we never outgrow the struggle of our sin nature. We never outgrow it. And so I want to help somebody this morning who, who is in Paul's situation, who is in my situation from time to time, that, you know, you can look like you got everything together, but yet you still think these crazy, dumb thoughts. And sometimes you feel, you feel silly and you feel dumb. You feel like I'm not as saved as my pastor. And, and I let you know that sometimes your pastor don't feel like saved as his pastor. It's a, it's, a, it's a duality that sometimes we think we got it together and sometimes we don't. Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. We never outgrow the struggle of our sin nature. Mm -hmm. But there's help for that. For those of us that's been living with uh, condemnation and shame, that's living with guilt, the, the thought of wrong decisions that continuously come to mind. If I could call you to the witness stand this morning, if I could bring you to the table this morning, the real you would confess how hard it is to really live your life. The real you would confess how hard it is to believe that you're okay with God. And that's the problem I want to address. Sometimes we don't feel, because things that come to our mind, those condemning thoughts, sometimes we don't feel like we, we are okay with God because we're texting in church or we're talking in church. I thought I'd just address some people. And we're not alone. There's a principle which demands 
forcible compliance. And Paul addresses it. We're born with a sinful nature, with a mental craving of our own desires. And you can relate. As James 1.14 says this, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire when it is conceived, when it's conceived, when it's conceived, when it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. My wife Tiffany would say, uh, she's been saying this a lot, you know, because sometimes we have these desires and, and we don't know where they come from, but they just, it's part of our nature. It just it comes up. My wife Tiffany says that that's why you can have, because there's a duality with us all, that's why you can have a hot girl summer and then turn around and have a, a fat girl fall. <laughs> that's not for anybody. That's why I didn't look up to anyone but you. She said, amen. <laughs> because we're naturally led to contradict ourselves. Yeah. So the battle continues in the mind. If you've been saved for three years or 30 years, the battle continues in the mind. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with that? Pastor, why is that? That's because there's something closer to you than your family. There's something closer to you than the person you're sitting next to this morning. That's why the, there's a battle. Yeah, when you went to bed last night, it was there. When you got up this morning, it was there. When you were on vacation and having your hot girl summer, it photobombed you. It was there. It's the sin nature. It's the old you. The old you. It's always present. And so I want to keep my foot in the problem while I also give you the solution this morning. The moment you decide to follow Jesus, all that changes. You're regened, you're, re- you're regenerated. That's what the Bible, that theological term is called. The, you're, regen- you're regenerated. Um, you're saved. But you're not glorified. You're not perfect until you see him. Amen. Right? Amen. And so we have to understand that when, we're, when we give our life to Christ, there's two wills that stay with you. Your old nature, your old person, your old self, the old girl, and the new girl. Two wills. One, one that wants to do what's right when the spirit is received into your body. When you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, there's the, there's the, God gives you his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he helps you to live and do what's right. The spirit usually will tell you, no, don't say that, don't do that. That's the new nature. But then you have also still the old nature. There's like, you know... Two people on either side of your shoulder saying, give it to her. Give it to her. No, you shouldn't do that. The other one that looks like your pastor. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Give it to her. Give it to her. No, don't do that. We have two wills. Two wills. The scriptures say in Luke 6 that this is theoretically possible because a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what is full of for the mouth speaks what it's full of and that's not a turn to your neighbor moment to say what are you full of understand understanding this duality 
we have helps us to understand how Paul in his early ministry, in his early ministry, Paul persecuted the church. That rhymes. Paul persecuted the church. And I thought about that, and I was like, well, his is documented, but I could put myself in there. Early in my life, Marshall persecuted the church. Marshall did things that, that, that wasn't heard of and, or shouldn't be talked about. And Marshall did things that, 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 wouldn't, that, you, that you shouldn't have done. And Marshall was places where he shouldn't have been. Can we say that, Carmen? Is that all right? Eugene, can we say that you persecuted the church in the beginning? But now here you are. So Paul persecuted the church, and later he would give his life for the same church that he gossiped about. He would give his life for the same gospel. Grace makes this possible. Grace makes it easy for us to come out of hiding and admit our wrongs. So I I don't want to beat you up this morning. I want to lift you up. Grace makes us come out of hiding. And if we're we're talking about being redefined by grace, if we're going to be defined, we have to understand we have to come out of hiding. We all have areas. That's why I asked if you could hear me in the back. So I want to reach the back as well as the front. We all have areas that we need grace for. And we have to admit that. Paul admitted it. We all have areas that we need God's grace for. Yeah. I wish there was a spout. I would stand up under it and just let grace just run all over me. Hmm. I remember a time, speaking of hiding, I remember a time that when I was a preteen, I tried to hide for two hours for something I did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Some friends and I were out and uh, we were throwing rocks. I began, I I was pretty good at throwing rocks. I remember I hit this rat, but that's a whole nother story. I hit this rat, I talked, I was like, there's a rat over there, watch me hit it. And I sidewinded and boop, rat flipped up. Then I felt bad. I was like, I hit the rat. Um, but we were throwing rocks. Me and some friends, we were throwing some rocks. We were just talking about hiding. We were throwing some rocks, and, and uh, one of us hit the school window and busted the window. Yeah, someone had some good aim. But instead of going home, I ran and hid under a car for two hours. Yeah. People began trolling the neighborhood. Mom calling my name, but I knew I don't go home to mom. <laughs> I had one of those mamas. I don't know if y'all had one like mine. And she would grab whatever she would grab to get you. And then to hear the story later. Um, so I'm hiding. I'm hiding under this car. And then I see my dad come up. And he's not really yelling out my name or everything. He's just, he's just out looking. He's out looking, and I'm hiding. But when I see my dad, I come out from under the car because it's getting dark. I come out from under the car. And I go run to my dad. And that's what Jesus does for us. Where you're hiding in the area, Jesus comes looking. He may not necessarily be calling, but he's looking. Where are you? Where are you? Because he knows there's some areas that you've been hiding from him. And there's some areas that I've been hiding from him. And he's looking. And he's wondering if you're going to have a moment to share it. 
Yeah. Because every one of us have areas in our lives that we want to hide. But Jesus comes to correct with comfort so that we're willing to come out of hiding the next time. And there will be a next time. That's what Paul is letting us know. There will be a next time. So Jesus says, I want to comfort you and I, and I, and I want to correct you, but I want you to be willing to come to me again the next time. And there will be a next time. So grace helps us bounce back from the challenges of life the next time. That's what grace does. He doesn't just correct us without comfort. He comforts with his correction. Because we all deal with challenges of life. And we all have that condemning mind from that sinful nature that makes us want to hide. But grace helps you to bounce back. I say grace helps you to bounce back. Everyone 40 and over, I thought I'd help you with that by giving you a little illustration. Grace helps you bounce back. When I was growing up, I didn't have the technology. I didn't grow up in a technological era. Um, so I had things that we had to play with by hand. Um, and one of my favorite things to play with was the weeble wobble. Pastor, why the weeble wobble? I loved weeble wobbles because weeble wobbles came in all different varieties. Weeble wobbles um, were male weeble wobbles. They were female weeble wobbles. They were black weeble wobbles. They were white weeble wobbles. There were weeble wobbles that looked like firemen. There were weeble wobbles that looked like construction men. There were weeble wobbles that looked like policemen. Weeble wobbles. Weeble wobbles that, that, that came individually and that came as a set. Weeble wobbles taught me how to fight back. Because no matter how hard you push the weeble wobble, it would bounce right back. And I want you to know this morning what grace does for you, no matter how hard you spin the weeble wobble, no matter how hard life spins you around, no matter how hard life pushes you back, that you need a weeble wobble anointing this morning that you can bounce right back because of God's grace. Because you're going to be pushed, but you can come right back. Oh, oh man, oh man, oh man. The weeble wobbles were designed, the, the weeble wobbles were designed with the pushing in mind. And, and, and I want you to know this morning that you have a designer that's designed you to be pushed but not broken, to be twisted and turned around, but not given in, that you're going to be pushed, and yet you're going to come right back, and they're going to say, oh my gosh, how did, how did he get here again? You know, I thought he was down for the count, but he's back in my face again. How is he back on the job when he should have been destroyed? You have a weeble wobble anointing. That's right. Amen. Oh. Amen. No matter how many times life pushes you back, you have been graced because the designer took it into account that you'd be pushed around. Mm, mm, mm. 
you've been redesigned with a weeble wobble anointing <laughs> to get back up again. Everybody say, get back up. Get back somebody up. needs to hear that. Say it again. Get back up. Yes, 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 because somebody has been, has been their worst enemy. They've been blaming themselves and, and discouraging themselves because our sinful nature brings things to mind. Satan is always going to do his job of condemning, but the Bible says there's no one for it. Therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. James 4, 6 says, but it gives us even more grace. Man, I'm so happy for this verse. But it gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. I said he favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God, the scripture says. Resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. I need to read that again. But he gives, talking about God, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scriptures say, the ancient text says, God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is what I found as I was studying this this week. You can't grow in grace you, you can't grow in grace um, because grace is infinite and it's impossible to measure. But the scripture says that God gives because it's his to give. You can't grow in it, but God gives more grace. But the qualifying factor is that we humble ourselves. He gives us more grace that we can resist the devil that we can resist the next time. That we can resist and keep on resisting. So when it comes to celebrities, I thought about this. I've been chewing on it for a couple of weeks now, thinking how could I use this to share with y'all. I wonder, when I saw the post from my cousin that he shared with me about Kanye West and, and some others, I wondered um, if we're seeing humility on display before the world because their pride was on display before the world. See, we have to humble ourselves. The scripture says, humble yourselves. God doesn't want to have to humble you, but he wants us to humble ourselves. So I, I wonder if we're seeing humility on display before the world because before the world, certain celebrities had their pride on display. And Kim K said this, Kim Kardashian said this in the interview I read since I was following this story. She said this, she said, Kanye came to Christ because he was having a crisis. And worship became his therapy and worship became his therapy. So I've been wondering all this time, why, why is he doing these little pop-up, weird pop-up services? What, what, what's going on with Kanye? Then I read that interview, and I thought, wow, who am I to judge? You think I'm talking about Kanye 
and I'm referencing Paul, but I'm really talking about you, and I'm talking about me. Can I give you some pastoral advice right up in here, and then we're going to go? Okay. Maybe we need to stop trying to figure out why people want to throw dirt on our names and then act surprised when they see flowers growing. Y'all act like y'all never been through nothing. Say that again, Pastor. I'm going to rewind the track. Why do we get surprised when we see people throw dirt on our name? And yet, are surprised when they see flowers growing. Because of grace. Because of God's grace. We don't have time for that. I want you to know this and we're out. A graceful person is a humble person. A graceful, full person is a humble person. So my question to the church is, and the question for you online, is is there any area, are there any areas where you need to humble yourself? I answered the question first before I saw you today. Are there any areas where you need to humble yourself? Scripture says, humble yourself, because we already know God can humble us better than any. <laughs> if you've ever been through anything, you know. As Paul wrote Romans 7, he found that you never outgrow the need for God's grace. You never outgrow it, because complete deliverance from sin is an ongoing battle in the mind. So we never outgrow it. We just outgo it when we're glorified. Amen. Amen. Salvation justifies us. Your life sanctifies, is sanctified. Glory after glory as God sanctifies our lives. But you're not glorified until you stand in his presence when he calls you up. Mm. I, I like this, this part right here. I thought I'd give you this for free. The victory is in front of you because Paul said, the answer to all that I shared with you this morning is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Is he your Christ? Is he your Lord this morning? He said, that's the answer. God gives more grace. He gives more grace to the humble. So humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. And Paul didn't wait for the crisis to be over. No, he didn't wait for the crisis to be over. He celebrated in the crisis, verse 25. He said, I have this thing that's going on. I found that I want to do right, yet I want to do wrong. He said, but verse 25, he said, but verse 25, he said, but the answer is in Christ Jesus. So in the midst of his crisis, Paul celebrated Christ. And that's what we have to do. That's what you have to do. In the midst of your crisis, celebrate Christ. Amen. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for your word. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I thank you for your word, and I ask that you will help us, Lord, to, 
to see those areas, for us to do a self-examination in this morning. Help us to see those areas in our lives that you've been trying to get our attention with. Maybe we've been struggling with it. But each of us know those areas or that area that we need to humble ourselves. And we submit that, that area to you this morning. Let's take, a time, let's take some time to think about that. Think about that area. And say this with me, Lord, you see it. I release it to you. Restore to me more grace.